Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. This is show number 32, released on August 29th, 2007. I'm Steve Eunice, and joining me is Neil Bailey. Hi, Neil. Hey, Steve. End of summer here, and with it, the end of cherries. And man, I miss cherries when they're gone. <laughs> How about you? You, uh, <laughs> you heading towards warmer weather? Yeah, winter is over and uh, spring is upon us here in Australia and I think the change of weather is making people crazy all over the world whether you're going from warm to hot or, or sorry, warm to cold or cold to warm but uh, what a wacky few weeks it's been. Yeah, well, what's been going on? Yeah, like you don't know. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> top of the list is the, uh, the news and rumours surrounding the upcoming Justice League movie. Uh, seems Warner Brothers is looking to fast-track the movie trying to get in before the looming possible industry strikes hit Hollywood, and I believe it's mainly the the writer strikes, uh, if I understand things correctly, and therefore they're moving fast to try and get the movie into production for early next year. Ha <laughs> ha, oh, those crazies. Right, here. here I had the images of uh, kangaroos running wild through the streets and boomerang <laughs> warriors. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's less crazy, uh, more the petty fiefdom of the internet's. But hey, at least it's exciting news, regardless. Yeah, well, first off, we heard that uh, Warner Brothers were not going to cast either Brandon Routh as Superman nor Christian Bale as Batman, preferring instead to create a whole new cast, separating this movie from the Superman and Batman film franchises. But uh, then we were being told that it might, in fact, be a completely motion capture CGI film which would have explained why Ralph and uh, Bale were not included. Uh, but that was rephrased into news that the motion capture and CGI would be a big part of the movie, but it would still be a live-action movie. And uh, there was reports that uh, the uh, CGI parts were going to be incorporated because of Omax being involved in the film. I, li- I like the member idea on the comment board that it's going to be Tom Welling's voice on a claymation Adam West. <laughs> Chums abound, but... Yeah. Either way, if they avoid that uh, production crunch that messes up stories like they did with X3, um, I, I dig the idea. I, I don't know why people get so attached to particular actors, though. I, I see no reason why there aren't a hundred good guys out there who can play soups right, and there's never going to be another Christopher Reeves, but uh, I don't know. I'd be clamoring more for a good story, but we have no idea about that yet, so I don't know why everybody's so up at arms. Yeah, well, talking about uh, Tom Welling, uh, it was reported that he had been cast uh, as... Superman in the Justice League movie uh, by a number of websites who were uh, claiming different sources had told them as such, but uh, when I contacted Al Goff, he says, no, wait, hasn't happened, won't happen, and uh, so it's hard to know who to believe. Yeah, well, I, don't know, I, I didn't see the big controversy on that one on the boards and with everybody, I don't know. Years ago, didn't, didn't Welling state that he didn't want to put on the suit? And uh, and Goff didn't need to confirm what's kind of patently obvious with logic. Uh, uh, Welling's doing Smallville, so doing a JLA movie ain't going to happen. Well, others would argue that he managed to do uh, two Cheaper by the Dozen movies and The Fog uh, while doing Smallville, so why couldn't it happen? Yeah, well, that's true, but that, I don't know, that doesn't take back the fact, and I, I don't know, but I could be wrong, but didn't he say he never wanted to play the soups, like, in the uniform? Well, he did once state something along those lines back in the early seasons of Smallville, but uh, I guess he's entitled to change his mind uh, a few years down the track if, if he wants to, so uh, who knows? True, true. One thing that got me a pretty, uh, I don't know, thing it got to me anyway was that people were angry at me for, for breaking the news on Al Goff's comments, uh, What's the saying? Don't shoot the messenger. Uh, I only contacted Al because uh, 
obviously it was something that's interesting to the fans, and I just wanted to get him to confirm or deny the rumours being reported on by other sites. So he's the one who gave me the adamant quote that uh, hasn't happened, won't happen, he's contracted through to Season 8 of Smallville. Uh, he could have said no comment or something a bit more vague, but he was the one who chose not to and uh, came out with that with that comment. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I get really angry and defensive when people do crap like that. It's, it's not like someone's getting hacked off because I don't like Lana on Smallville and they're passionately for Lana. It's just plain ignorant to attack a site for reporting information just because you don't like what it entails, what it might mean for your, your opinion. Yeah, well, once again, uh, time will tell what the truth of the matter is, and... Uh, as I always say, take everything with a grain of salt until Warner Brothers comes out with an official announcement about the film and its casting. And as far as we know, and based on reports from other sites as well, uh, the Superman Returns sequel, tentatively titled Superman Man of Steel, is still going ahead as planned. Yeah, you mean they uh, didn't fire Ralph and rewrite the script and decide that because it only made $200 million, they just make an Aquaman movie? Careful, someone might uh, actually take your sarcasm as truth. But I said it on the internet, so it must be true. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to other news. Uh, speaking of Tom Welling, as we have been, uh, where are we at with uh, Smallville news for Season 7? Well, uh, we got Supergirl coming to Smallville, and we got rumors of Helen Slater and Dean Kane. It's actually uh, looking pretty decent, so long as Supergirl doesn't totally overshadow Clark. Yeah, we're getting pretty close to the Season 7 premiere now. Uh, it starts in the US on Thursday, September 27th. And I've got to say I'm a bit more excited about this season than I have been leading up to any other season since season three. Yeah, I, I've got high hopes for it like I always do. I hope it turns out really well. Yeah, well, the first episode is titled Bizarro. Uh, how long do you think Bizarro Clark will hang around in season seven? Is it something that will just be dealt with in the first episode and then I'll never see him again? Or like we did with Kal-El in, uh, in what season, a couple of seasons ago or last season with the Silver Kryptonite? You know, I, I have no idea if he'll be back beyond the first episode, but I, I, I think that uh, in Smallville, the reset button is a very big thing now, plot-wise. It didn't used to be as much, but if I had to guess, I'd say probably it'll be resolved in the in the uh, premiere and then uh, not brought back, but that's just my guess. I don't know. They seem to they seem to have these really cool concepts, and then they blow their wad, then they, then they move on real fast, which is kind of too bad. Yeah, I'm glad we'll start to see some focus on the whole flying thing with Kara being able to fly and possibly teaching Clark or trying to teach him to fly, but uh, I'm not so keen on them having Kara interested in Jimmy Olsen, uh, and then they've got Lois having a fling with the new Daily Planet editor. Uh, but I don't mind the idea of Kara possibly being at odds with uh, a certain passive-aggressive cast member. Hey, yeah, yeah. The Jimmy thing is really weird, though. Yeah, she's uh, got a thing for guys in bow ties, maybe. Yeah, heck, anything to cut down on that awful Chloe character, because she's only been there for six years. And besides, Kara's hot! Sarcasm. Yeah, well, let's hope they deliver on what looks to be a promising season. Uh, oh, yeah, by the way, congrats on uh, having your first Smallville story published in the most recent issue of the official Smallville magazine. Hey, yeah! I don't know, I went to the store, grabbed that mother, sat it down on the counter and said, Hey, lady, I wrote that! And she said, six dollars. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know. If you guys want to check out the story, all I can tell you is that uh, Clark fights someone, and it is in no way legally Solomon Grundy. 
Not at all. <laughs> in fact, that's not anything to do with the plot I can't legally disclose in any way. But I can't say it's called, but I can say rather that it's called Project Solomon. Likely after the wisdom of Solomon, I don't know, you'd have to ask the author, and all I know is he, <laughs> he definitely doesn't mean DC's trademark Solomon Grundy. Definitely not. I can say, however, that buying a copy would help me out and get, uh, get me in there more, perhaps, if people dig it, and that if you don't like it, you're free to call me and yell at me. That's how sure I am you're going to like it. All right, cool. Well, for those listening who don't know what we're talking about, uh, Neil did write a short story which has been published as original fiction in the official Smallville magazine, uh, issue number 22, which is in stores now, and the story fits in between which episodes? Uh, it's between Prototype and Phantom, and it's uh, also a big issue on Lex, which is another bonus, and I got to do my very first Lex line, which I'll give away. I hope I won't get in trouble for that one, but it's uh, I, I should have you killed. I thought that'd be a great Lex line. Excellent. <laughs> well, you can buy the magazine from all good newsstands and comic shops, or online from titanmagazines.com, and hopefully it's the first of many such projects for you, Neil. Yeah, I certainly hope so. This one was a solid blast. Okay, well, let's talk comic books. Uh, the biggest story in comics for Superman fans at the moment is Jimmy Olsen knowing that Clark Kent is Superman. What do you make of it all? Honestly, I, I really felt no discernible reaction at all to the revelation. I, 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 revelation rather. I, I have no empathy or drive to follow the characters of Countdown so far. The writers haven't established that, even for Jimmy Olsen, so I, I just kind of read it and shrugged, believe it or not. They, they could have done a whole lot more with that, and it's just played as this huge reveal in the comic book where there was no character work at all to get to that point. I'm really saddened by it. Yeah, so do you think it's something that will stick, or do you think Jimmy will forget at the end of Countdown, uh, assuming he survives? You know what the really sad thing is? I mean, this is just totally sad, but this is my answer. I, I just really just don't care. Nothing these writers have done have given me any reason to care. Okay, um, I agree with you that Countdown hasn't been that great. It's been pretty lame so far, but surely you have some feeling for Jimmy as a character and how this affects the Superman books. Yeah, oh yeah, as a character, I, I think that rationally Jimmy should have been clued in a while back, logically, of course, but I think it's like the glasses. It's a good source of tension that you shouldn't really destroy. As more and people, more and more people on, say, Smallville know the secret, it, it kind of loses its source of tension, so I hope that they rescind it in the comics. As for how it would affect the story practically, well, like giving Clark a kid, it moves the story from the second act onward and kind of goes more towards the close of the story, but um, in this case, it's a little too far. It removes a lot of dramatic options, and I think it won't practically affect anything, per se, in the comic, because it's not like Jimmy would expose Superman, and it's not like Jimmy can do much to help Superman, either. Yeah, well, uh, to me, it does seem like light on impact, uh, so Jimmy knows, okay, what now? Uh, how does that change the status quo? Uh, I agree it doesn't have the dramatic impact that they were probably hoping for, in that final page reveal of that particular issue of Countdown, and I'm not particularly sold on the whole Mr. Action thing either. Yeah, I think they're just going hog wild because I see it, I see an impending storyline end for, for most of the comics, or just this critical realignment of some kind. I, I really do. Even uh, and, and I could be wrong, but even Idelson mentioned that in uh, Ask Matt, that things will finally be clear in the fall, whatever that means. I'm guessing it has to do with Final Crisis, and my theory is an end of continuity, but... Um, Mr. Action was done a lot better with the post-burn kind of GBS version where he actually kind of goes at odds with Lois and Clark for a while out of the need to feel 
like somebody, and and that actually developed Jimmy as a character a little bit, even if it was kind of hokey and even if it wasn't as warmly received by the fans. But now he just gets powers, and this good kid is suddenly arrogant, wants to be in the JLA and Teen Titans, and he's comic relief while muggers are running off. And it's not they're doing the exact same story with Mary Marvel in the same series. Yeah. The innocent person gets powers and goes wild. And uh, what was your feeling towards the countdown tie-in of? Action Comics 854 with Jimmy taking on Titano. You know, it just really fell flat with me. I I, I just read the first Titano story in the uh, Silver Age collection, and and uh, I was actually all geared up to have him return in a modern context. And you know me and monkeys, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Music has just been really really flat for me for the last few months. It's nothing personal. It's just really not impressing me. We 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 need more variety in style. It's been the same basic author doing all the continuity for so long. Oh, we need more variety or we need better stories on soups and, and prano. This this schlocky Silver Age stuff in a postmodern context is killing me. Um, Superman is, is, is now a literary endeavor. You can't just step back from that advancement into Kitty Fair again or simplistic stories. Yeah, it does feel like they're trying to rehash Silver Age ideas uh, with a modern sensibility. Um, I'm not sure it's coming off that well in some cases, but in others, like All-Star Superman, it's pretty cool. I just think Countdown is dragging down the DCU as a whole at the moment. Not sure what Final Crisis will deliver, but I think Countdown has just dragged it all out a little too long. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it, and Silver Age is the perfect way to put it. Take take it out of... but 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 but. All-Star Superman does it right. You take it out of continuity, you pay a whole buttload of attention to characterization, and you make it its own defined continuity to the side. But uh, current Supes has a defined continuity without definition, if that makes sense, and we're told to be patient while we ask for a framework when when there's no, none forthcoming. And it's Silver Age, but supposedly in the current context. This is after, you know, we've been waiting for to figure out what the heck's going on with continuity since 2003, but it, but it's also just very tangential in a lot of the ways. Most of the stories outside of the whole continuity issues. I really haven't seen major villains in the piece. Um, Superman's Dream had a lot of major villains, but that was for a wow factor in that one issue, and it was an odd situation. Uh, beyond that dream, which is a brief moment in time in the last year, can you can you recall any major known villains written by Musiek? I mean, and and I don't count Prankster as as a major villain. Uh, not really. Uh, other than the Prankster, I can't think of. Anybody else off the top of my head, um, I'm sure Kurt himself would probably disagree and come up with a with a counterpoint to that, but uh, I think you're right. Uh, Kurt's early stories about the whole future possibility thing and Orion were, were awesome for me. Even Subject 17 was pretty good, but since then I haven't been greatly impressed uh, as a whole, no. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt's rationale and our words with him seem to be that he's trying to sow the seeds for new and interesting characters, and I even dig that. I really do. Ruin's a good example of how that can work and well. Um, the problem so far I've had is that I haven't found any of his creations extraordinarily compelling or, or something that I'd like to see repeated beyond Camelot Falls, but that wasn't really the villain. That was the setting. Mm. And talking of setting things up for the future, uh, you want to talk about the upcoming Bizarro World story? Yeah, sure. Actually, I'm actually pretty excited for that. Um, Eric Powell, if you guys haven't never read him, he 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 does a comic called The Goon, and it's for mature audiences. And but it's utterly hilarious, and he's incredibly good at uh, the art style that would befit Bizarro. I'm really eager to see this. Yeah, yeah, the imagery looks great. Uh, perfect artist for Bizarro, in my opinion. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. As am I looking forward to seeing Gary Frank, who is also joining the Superman books in the near future. Uh, that 
sneak peek that Wizard Magazine gave us into his sketchbook was a, a real eye-opener. Yeah, I, I had a buddy, Chris, he was he was so excited about the uh, sketches that he actually sent me copies of the pages from Wizard before I got my issue in the mail, and I can see why. I mean, he's really great. Yeah, excellent. Well, that pretty much wraps up our chat on news, and uh, let's move on to the big question. Let's start with the big question. Last show, we asked fans to weigh in on what they think should happen with Jason White in the sequel to Superman Returns. And uh, here's some of the emails we received. Uh, B.L. Woodridge wrote, Hey guys, I think that if Brainiac appears in the Man of Steel, he should use Jason against his real father, Superman, in some way. Maybe as some sort of weapon. Ultimately, however, I think it is Richard White who should make the heroic sacrifice here. Maybe Brainiac takes over his body and Richard dies in order to help destroy Brainiac. This, of course, would serve perfectly to push Clark and Lois back together, and maybe they can finally be a family with their son. Wishful thinking? Yeah, but we can all hope. That's what Superman's for, right? Yeah, well said, uh, BL. Uh, Mike Cusimano wrote, I think the kid will be the catalyst for Lois and Superman getting back together. Of course, the question for Lois should be, how the heck did this happen? Maybe a kiss will jog her memory. In the event, the kid should stay a subplot and not convolute the overall story that will eventually become Man of Steel. I'm not happy about having the character, but killing him off, however satisfying, would only lead singers Kal-El further down the wrong road. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Bork from Orc wrote, Regardless of whether it will play a big role in the plot of the Man of Steel, Jason should definitely be explored further. At some point he ought to realize whom his re- whom is who his real father is, and surely Richard White should find out too, unless he already knows. More importantly, how would the knowledge of having an unknown grandson be handled by Martha Kent or maybe even Jor-El, although that might be difficult with Brando not being with us any longer. Yeah, uh, the Martha angle is uh, an interesting one. Uh, Andrew Maitland wrote, Wow, believe it or not, I've actually been thinking about this for a while now. Every time I get done with Superman Returns, it kind of bugs me. I have no idea what will happen with Jason White in the new movie, but frankly, I have some theories about both new Whites. I truly think that Jason White should die, whether he really is Superman's son or not, given Jason's connection with Lois Lane and Superman's history with her. I think it would be a nice dilemma for Big Blue. How would he be able to deal with losing someone so close to him who he actually knew? This would also probably turn Richard into a mess, and he would blame Superman for not saving Jason, which could be very interesting since Richard knows Superman's weakness and is essentially friends with Clark Kent. Could Richard be the next Metallo? Hmm. Anyways, as much as I'm against death, I really think Jason White should die in the next film. Hopefully that death, if it happens, will advance the storyline of Superman Returns and make Man of Steel a real good sequel. Calvin Bowes wrote, Here's what I feel should be done with Jason the Kid. Have him, have him be a teenager about 15 and turn him into a supervillain. I think it would be cool to have an all-out father-son battle that would be an emotional conflict, too. That seems to me the best way to go with this character that, in actuality, I feel does not belong in the Superman legend. But because he is there, because he's there let's see the ultimate father-son battle. Going for a little uh, Arthur Legend style there, you know? Merlin <laughs> kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, Matt wrote, I think for the Man of Steel they should kill off Jason and Richard White. Why? Killing Richard would be... Uh, for one way for Lois and Clark to get back together killing off Superman's son would give a reason for them to grow and mourn together plus I never said in any of the movies that Superman won't kill it would be good to see him maybe think at least that if Brainiac is in the movie for Superman to lose it hell the rewrote so much stuff in Superman 2 Superman Returns why not explore an angry Supes again also the death of Superman and the four fakes and the eventual return is what made me start buying the Superman titles I can't believe they're going to butcher the stories I love. 
Okay? As if the four super pretenders never existed. I think at least I may rent... Well, that goes on into Superman Doomsday, so we won't uh, continue on there. But uh, he says, Love your podcast, and I constantly look up on the site to find out any soups news. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Matt. Chris Petrie wrote, I think there are several possibilities for Jason White and the Man of Steel, but the constant in all of them would be his powers continuing to manifest. Would Lois try to cover them up so that Richard and others don't become suspicious of the boys' true origin? Would she seek Superman's help in training Jason to use them properly? I would certainly like to see a more in-depth father-son relationship develop between Superman and Jason. How the revelations would affect Richard would definitely be interesting to watch. Hmm. Interesting, but uh, I don't think that would... uh Necessarily be the way I'd like to go for a Superman movie. I think it would be more action rather than more character drama. She's got to punch something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Days Doom wrote, Jason White should be bizarro. The working theory among fandom right now is apparently that Clark knocked up Lois when he was depowered in Superman 2. Or I think it would be more interesting if it turned out that uh, was not the case and it turned out that Jason was actually the result of a nefarious experiment on the part of Lex Luthor through the agency of his seductive lackey Richard White. <laughs> hmm. In the case of reality overtaking science fiction, clones are now a reality and they are born as infants from mothers just as any other creature, not sprung from giant tubes as full-grown adults. If they wanted to introduce the character of Rosaro as a twisted clone of Superman, it would add a level of verisimilitude by having him first appear as a child. They've already hinted at a mental irregularity in the child in the first movie. Either they could skip ahead several years and have Jason develop superpowers and dementia under the influence of the wild hormonal change induced by puberty, or they could simply keep Jason a background presence in the next movie and through subtle action hint at ominous things to come in the third movie when he is revealed to be bizarro. Recall that Jason was shown to be immune only to green kryptonite. Yeah, I don't know if there was a mental irregularity, but he certainly was acting like a regular kid, and most kids do have mental irregularity, I'll give you that. Yeah, well, uh, putting a trash can on your head is not necessarily a mental... Uh, <laughs> right, mental, he's yeah. got junior Alzheimer's or something. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who sent in emails to The Big Question. Uh, from now on, we will be doing The Big Question as part of our Radio KAL Live broadcast, uh, which... Neil and I did on August the 22nd, and while we didn't get a great response from callers to chat with us live, we did work out that many people weren't sure how to go about participating as callers, so I'll explain it again here. Basically, what you have to do is you need to have Skype on your computer. Neil and I use Skype to talk, and you can download Skype for free from skype.com. That's S-K-Y-P-E dot com. Uh, make sure you have Skype open and ready when we start broadcasting live on September 19th, which is our next live broadcast. Uh, you can look for more information on supermanhomepage.com leading up to that day. As I said, this will be how we'll be doing the big question from now on. Yeah, we're getting it going, slowly but surely. Yeah, well, it looks like we worked out the technical problems with the audio cutting in and out, so we're a step closer to making it all happen. Uh, we did man- manage to record the show, nevertheless, and during the live show we spoke with Jeffrey Bridges and had text messages, f- comments from Jeffrey Taylor. So here's a recording of Radio KAL Live recorded on August 22nd. We pick up the show with Neil and I discussing the latest Justice League rumours at the time. As for the Justice League movie, I'm, I'm torn between the idea of having it... Uh, you know, motion capture where they put all those little dots on the actors and then uh, graphically uh, animate them in the movie. It's 
that technology is improving all the time, but I'm not sure whether or not that's the way I'd like them to go for a Justice League movie. I guess it's uh, it's an option in regards to not having to use some of the big name actors or get an actor who looks exactly uh, the way you know you you'd want Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman to look, which is always difficult to cast people in in those roles. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, it could be bad. It could get, you could get Eric Bana in the Hulk, for instance, and they modeled the Hulk to look after him, and, it, and you've got this giant behemoth who looks like he could tear your throat out, except for it's got Eric Bana's face, which is kind of like, you know, okay, it's a little, you know, Greek-looking, it's kind of strong, but it's not like uh, your jutting chin, awful, I will destroy you Hulk kind of thing, and... It, yeah, I, I don't know. It depends on how Beowulf comes out or, or how films of that nature, because there's this, I, I don't know the technical term for it, but there's this effect where if you make something that seems too real when you're, when you're making computer-generated images, it's kind of kooky and creepy to the, to the audience until you pass a certain reality threshold, and that's what they've been trying to break for 10, 15 years now with computers. Um, and I don't know if they could do that with the Justice League movie. But at this, by the same token, there were portions where it was pure CGI route in Superman Returns, like when he throws that shuttle. Mm. And I had no idea, no idea at all that that wasn't uh, Brandon Routh. Yeah, well, there was a few sequences in Superman Returns that I had no idea were CGI, but there were others that were quite obvious, uh, especially towards the end of the movie when he was flying by and just about to go up into that space... Um, imagery that we're used to seeing the Christopher Reeve movies end on. Uh, there was a close-up scene there where it looked pretty poor, in in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. They, they, there's always tells, you know. Every every even even movies with the most expensive special effects, there's always a tell somewhere. Like uh, for me in the Phantom Men, or not the Phantom Men, in Revenge of the Sith, it was when uh, Dooku jumps down to confront. Kenobi and uh, Skywalker, it's just obviously a horrible flip, or when Palpatine jumps, when you try and take someone who can't do those things, and try and make it look like they can, it always throws you off a good bit, and, and mm. you can believe that Superman will do those things, but when he's doing something really huge, it's kind of hard without a lot of uh, noise in the background, you know, like um, stuff like like the plane crashing, you, you, that that obscures the fact that you've got a wee little man trying to trying to catch the plane, I guess. Hmm. But, I don't know. Oh, okay. Sorry, we've got two Jeffreys online. Uh, we've got uh, Jeffrey Taylor and Jeffrey Bridges, but we're talking to Jeffrey Bridges at the moment. Um, Jeffrey, can you hear me? Jeffrey Bridges, that is. Um, kind of? You're, <laughs> you're cutting out a whole lot. It's kind of hard to understand you. Okay, that's no good. Uh... We were just talking about the news about the that. Justice League movie. What do you think of it? I think it's an absolutely horrible idea. Which part? The Justice League being CGI or just having a movie before Superman? Or what part of it don't you like? CGI? I, I didn't hear anything about that. Is that new news or something? Yeah, that was today. It was announced that... Uh, yes. They're saying that they might do it motion capture and have everybody, the whole movie, as CGI, like uh, some of those current films that are coming out. Oh, well, you know, if they do it that way, uh, I think I'd be a lot more for it than if they go the live-action route. Because if they go the live-action route, I don't think there's any way they can do it without Routh and Veil, and I think it's the absolute wrong timing to go that way. Yeah, well, uh, what do you think, Neil? 
I think I'm I'm I, I'm with Jeff unless it's in that CG realm. That's what made me really jump on it. Um, I think that it would be better if they keep it kind of cartoonish. Both not 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 necessarily because uh, even though I want a lot of films right now, um, I think as they've got the current structure where there's only one in a blue moon, if they do a JLA, right, one in a blue moon. If they do a JLA, there's going to be um, a whole a whole patch of of, of people who don't understand how Superman can be in this movie and where it sits in continuity. People people apparently um, get easily confused. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a comic book, so I know about two different Supermans, and it doesn't phase me at all, but apparently most people are perplexed by the art of shaving. So, If they do go the CGI route, which I would enjoy and I think would work with the Bale and, and Routh movies, the danger is that it's going to spoil things for an actual... Uh, properly done live-action JLA movie, you know, a few years down the line. So, I mean, I don't know why WB's rushing it so much. They just want to beat the Marvel Avengers movie, I guess. But I really think they, either way, they should just be holding off on that for a few years at least. Yeah, well, many people are saying that they would prefer to see a Flash individual movie, a Wonder Woman individual movie, and so on, just to introduce the characters and then have them team up in a uh, Justice League movie. What do you think of that idea? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if you did, like, an individual Flash, Green Lantern, and especially um, a Wonder Woman movie, and introduced these characters and let them start their own franchise, then I think if you could pull the logistics together of a JLA movie with the stars from all of the individual franchises, it would have the potential, you know, to, to beat even any of the Spider-Man movies in terms of, of box office performance and, and uh, fan reaction. But that's, there's that big logistical problem with that of, would you be able to afford all the actors and still get them all together? And it's a big problem, which is why I didn't think it would ever actually happen. But it would, if you're going to do it, I think that's the way you have to try to go for I think the issue with that is that um, they're worried if you get big-name actors for those individual roles, then the budget for the uh, Justice League movie might blow out beyond proportions. Well, right, yeah, that's, that's a big uh, and valid concern, but I think that you have to at least try to go that route or hold off on doing a Justice League movie with new actors until there's been original franchises that introduce the characters to the, the general population because uh, the general public, while they have a pretty good understanding of Superman and Batman, really don't know very much about Flash or Green Lantern or, or, or even Wonder Woman, except for uh, that one TV show she had back in the 70s. So I think that for a Justice League movie to be really successful, I think you've got to introduce them individually first and let the public get acquainted with them. Well, it uh, seems that uh, a lot of the fans are split on the decision whether or not uh, a CGI movie would be the way to go. Many are saying, oh, that's fantastic, because then uh, that makes uh, the, the news that Ralph and, and Bale won't be in the movie uh, make sense, and... Uh, you know, they would much rather see a CGI Superman and Batman than another actor portraying those roles at the same time as Christian Bale and Brandon Routh. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. It's just, if they do go that route, then I think it's going to um, preclude any chance of having an actual live-action JLA movie, except for, you know, maybe 15, 20 years down the road, because I think people would be too familiar with the, the animated version that doing another live-action version right after it would seem too repetitive, and it, it wouldn't make sense. Uh, Jeffrey Taylor's unable to join us with a microphone, but he's made the, the uh, interesting comment wondering why so many fans on the website are complaining about the Justice League movie without knowing 
much of anything about it, <laughs> and uh, that's that's very interesting. What do you think, Neil? Can I take this one, Steve? Go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know why either. For the record, I haven't got a single clue, but... Steve Eunice, who is a wise man and one of my mentors, gave me a piece of advice way, way back when I was thinking about condemning the Superman movie for the suit like an idiot, um, which was, wait to see it before you judge, which is a very, very good piece of information. There are cases, I will wholly admit, that you don't have to wait to judge, like, for instance, the Catwoman movie with Halle Berry, which is still a repressed memory. I was going to say that exact same movie, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and that's that's an example where you can be like, yeah, no, no, a train wreck from a mile away. A gay Jimmy Olsen, a Chris Rock as Jimmy Olsen, uh, Lois Lane as a man. Um, you know, these are things that you can condemn right out, you know? But uh, things like a JLA movie where we don't even know any details of the script and all of a sudden it means that Brandon Routh is no longer Superman? This is equivocation of the highest sort and the kind only found in marriages that are 40 years old. So please, stop for my sanity, for Steve's sanity, for the sanity of everyone on the site. Give everything a fair chance and condemn with reason for the love of God. <laughs> I don't think you're asking too much of people, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> well spoken. Well, yes. Yeah. Yes, uh... Well, we're uh, not having much luck with getting any other callers. Um, Jeffrey Taylor is typing something at the moment, which is another option if people uh, don't have a microphone or headphones. Uh, you can uh, text us a message. And uh, uh, Jeffrey Taylor says to you, Neil, thank you. Uh, please remind the audience how much people want to see Matrix 2 and 3 and didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that was because of expectation, you know, I, I, I largely believe. I've watched the movies over the years, and because I did build up that expectation, the, the, the sequels were largely disappointed, and then uh, disappointing, and then as you watch them as years go by, they get a little better. Um, that didn't happen with episode one or two of Star Wars, unfortunately, but yeah, no, I'm with you. That's it. It, it takes some time. Thanks, Jeffrey, and thanks, Neil. Thank you, My Steve. Pleasure. Look for us to broadcast our next Radio KL live show on Wednesday, September 19th, as I said. Superman finally gets to meet his family. My whole life, I've wondered about all of you, what you were like, what it would be like to know you. So, so wait, wait, wait. You're really my cousin? Don't be ridiculous. Luther's trial reaches a crescendo. Murder! Kidnapping, extortion, conspiracy, the list goes on and on. It's irons. That is enough. And just as some find happiness... I can't believe this is finally happening. Some will find despair. We can get to her around this way, away from the windows. Just stay down. Don't miss issue 32 of Superman, The Last Son of Krypton. Coming August 29th. 2007. SupermanHomePage.com Kara finds that staying out of trouble is easier said than done. No more excitement. I'm just going to sit here with my junk food and watch TV. Hey, babe. Remember us? You're... 
You're the guys from the convenience store. We thought we'd stop by for a little fun. Ah! That was the lowest setting. You got it? Who the hell is that? It's my kids. Guess who's here? This is just what I needed. Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, Issue 4, Deception and Delivery. Coming August 29th, 2007. Only at supermanhomepage.com. Time for the Super Secret Soundbite Contest. Last show, the soundbite we played came from the Smallville Season 4 episode, Commencement, with 15 people guessing it correctly. Those 15 people are Tim Costello, Ricardo S., Will Rogers, Mike Cusimano, DJ Goofy, Philip Maxillan, Brandon Wigginton, Andrew Maitland, Daniel Sperry, Paddy, Nelda Mormon, Tim Murphy, Tiffany Bradford, Sean Hemmings, and David Goodman. Well done, everybody. You got it right. See if you can guess which episode of Smallville this sound comes from. Security guard by day, Catholic school girl by night. If you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound comes from, all you have to do is fill out the super secret sound by entry form found at the Radio KAL webpage. And I'll read out the names of each person who guesses it correctly in our next Radio KAL show. Best of luck. Superman song time. What is it this month? Uh, let me guess. We're going to hear an acapella rendition of That'll Be the Day by Kirk Allen. Uh, it's uncanny how wrong your guesses are, Neil. Yeah, I try. Actually, this month we have an R&B rap song by Brown Boy called Superman. Baby, I know you're hurting right now. But don't worry. I'll be your Superman. I can love you like no one can. I can be your Superman. Just take my hand, let's fly away. I promise I'll be there every day. Just close your eyes, let's start to fly. I'm gonna love you until I die. Until the day of my death, to my very last breath, I'm gonna love you when no one's left. Fly with me, baby. Yeah, I'm the one with the S on my chest. Forget about your ex, he don't know what love is, he just failed the test. Plus, he don't treat you right, he keeps you crying all night. See, he's like your kryptonite. I came to give you that strength so you can leave him behind. You can start all over, just press rewind. Cause he don't understand that you're one of a kind. So sweet, so sexy, and just so fine. I will fight till my death just to make you mine. I will never neglect you, never have time to stress you. And always respect you Girl, you like a hidden treasure And I promise to love you From now until forever Ooh, para siempre, mija Te prometo, te voy a amar Hasta la muerte I can love you like no one can I can be your Superman Just take my hand, let's fly away I promise I'll be there every day Just close your eyes, let's start to fly Type of God that will stand by your side To wipe them tears when they fall from your eyes I'm the one you hold when your nights is cold The one that stays near 
to fight away your fears You ain't gotta be scared See I put an end to your ex No more beating you up Or pulling on your hair See I came to save the day A man like that shouldn't treat you that way And I don't understand why you take that route Look at yourself You're beautiful inside and out You need to drop that zero uh, Let me swoop you off your feet Cause I could be a superhero Do you follow my lead? I guarantee you baby I'm all that you need See you can change your plans All you gotta do is call on me And I could be your superman for another month. I hope you've all enjoyed our new extra-length podcast with the addition of the Radio KAL live recording inserted. Remember, if you have any suggestions for Radio KAL, whether it be a topic you want Neil and I to discuss, uh, a big question suggestion for our KAL live broadcast, or maybe a Superman song suggestion, you can send us an email by using the KAL mail feedback form found at the Radio KAL webpage at supermanhomepage.com. Thanks, Neil. Thank you, Steve. You stay classy, Solomon Grundy. Watch out for Sunday. You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com. Radio KAL.